Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. There will always be elements of luck, but I think lucky people are also out there creating circumstances for them to receive that luck. This is Property Investory where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Taran Shum and in this episode, we're back with Karina Sell. We'll be delving further into her mindset and how her focus on property has shifted from herself to others to the plan she's put into place to get the most out of her time and the other tips and tricks that's attributed to her success along the way. Delving into the mindset side of things, Sel shares that while she was originally motivated by the prospect of changing her lifestyle and financial standing, she has come to realize that the true purpose of a property journey is actually about others. So the why definitely started off as being about you know me, 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 lots of money, and, you know maybe I'll help a few people. And um, as I've gone on the journey, it's really started to click that you know I'm on this planet to make a difference. And, you know, I've got a purpose and uh, really, you know, part of it is providing, you know, great solutions for people to, to live in. Um, seeing, you know, when you create an environment like what happened in Gandhi or in the house I mentioned, you know, that community didn't exist without me. So that is one part of it. It actually gets me quite passionate. But the real, um, the real purpose behind it all is inspiring other people. So, uh, you know, nothing you know, makes me feel as great or as grateful as um, seeing someone else inspired by something that I've been able to show them or be a part of the process in doing. So my why now has really shifted to inspiring other people. With the goal of inspiring people in mind, Sel talks about an investment strategy she uses and how she was able to double the value of a set of units and while she'll be repeating this strategy. And then an 18-month period of renovating one by one, the positive cash flow after taking out all expenses is $40,000 a year on this, just over. Um, So, for me, that was really magic and that makes a a lot of sense to me. So, I'll be repeating that again and again. Um, However, the other thing I do is, again, not with property that I own. And that is um, I, in New South Wales, rent larger houses and um, basically lease them out by the room. There's quite a bit of rules you need to follow for that to be legal with fire safety and the right insurances. Um, And if you don't follow those, you can actually get yourself into a lot of trouble. Um, But I basically create households and um, put people together 
And um, this community thing that I learned from Gundy has really helped in this area. Um, I've got one house that I lease for, I think it's around the 800 mark that brings in 1300 sorry, 1800 a week when it's full. Um, but you pay bills out of that money and you sometimes have vacant rooms. So I'll call it 1300 that it brings in um, after taking that into account. Um, but rather than creating a household of one style of person, again, I play a lot with the international market, but I don't like putting um, the same culture together because people come to Australia to experience Australia. So what I've uh, had really successful in one house is we had an Irish couple, we had an English guy, we had a guy from Ecuador, we had a Sri Lankan guy, and we had a girl from New Zealand. And just creating you know, a completely dynamic and diverse household, um, we found out that one of the tenants was driving two of the others to work in the morning before he went there. Um, they started a veggie patch in the backyard and it's just all about building community whereas if you are playing in the international space and you say rent to one particular nationality and it doesn't matter which one it is um, even if it was New Zealand you find that it keeps their old culture there and um, rather than them getting to experience what they're here for. So I love mixing those different cultures together. Everyone gets to learn. Everyone's coming from the common ground that, you know, their birth country was different. Some have been in the country for seven years already. Others have been here for, you know, a couple of days when they move in. Um, and, you know, from time to time, an Australian will go into it as well. But it's just a really diverse, um, you know, diverse household of people that, get to have a common background but also get to teach each other a lot about their cultures too. While creating a community is certainly an important aspect of what Cell does, she shares that finding properties suitable for this type of investing is still an intricate process. I'm doing this mostly within an hour of Sydney. Um, So, uh, yeah, basically the numbers can work north, south, east and west. Um, and, uh, yeah, I've certainly done feasibilities uh, even, you know, around the city that can make sense as well. Um, but basically, it's just finding someone that's that's open to the concept and then, um, you know, explaining to them we're always putting our, our brand name and our professionalism out there and letting them know the additional things we do that, you know, make sure that their insurance isn't valid because if you don't have the fire safety, the owner's just lost their insurance. Um, if it burns down and it was used in that particular way, um, there can be some massive consequences for both you and the owner. You actually are now, um, you know, in many ways considered to be the landlord because you're using this strategy too. Through professionalism, her previous rental success and taking into consideration the owner of a property, Sel explains that she is able to secure many rentals. It's about making sure you get all that right and when you're putting an application in, owners love to see that it is professional. Um, so that's one big step is explaining the professionalism behind it and the different steps you do. Um, and the next one, um, I guess, is just explaining the picture to them. I, I like to take on longer leases. I like to um, have a property for three years. Um, so they won't have to deal with tenants moving in and out. I'll be the easiest ten- tenant they've ever had to deal with. I've got rental histories on multiple properties showing that I always pay on time. Um, you know, it's... It's all about finding about 
who the owner is. If it's someone who, um, you know, this is their pride and joy and the house they used to live in, then it's about how it's going to be taken care of. If it's someone who's an investor and they're going to bulldoze it in three years and build units, then they don't care too much about that. They're all about the money. You might offer some extra rent or whatever it may be. And the other thing is explaining that we're not putting people in like sardines. There's not going to be bunk beds. It's not going to be four people sleeping in a room. We do singles. We do some couples. And it's just, you know, it's a share house. It's a place where it's going to be a home. So once that's all explained, you still get people that say no, but we certainly get a lot of yeses as well. Following this process, Cell shares that she also likes to fully furnish the houses. I absolutely like to finish the house. Um, yeah, we lounge room, kitchen, um, all the bedrooms, although sometimes we'll pull a bit of furniture back out of the bedrooms um, if someone moves in with their own stuff. So some people have their own stuff, but most don't um, in the market that I'm targeting anyway. Um, What um, I guess someone that is not originally from Australia looks at is they may only have plans to be here for two years. And for them to go out and buy all the furniture freshly to sign their own lease to get everything set up is expensive. And if they can just move in and have it all sorted, they'll pay a premium to do so. However, they don't have that upfront expense of doing all that stuff. Um, So, yeah, I, I furnish everything. And then if there's a request to take anything out, I'll do so. With multiple people to accommodate and other factors to take into consideration, how much does Cell end up spending on each of these rental properties? I like to say 20 grand and that will be about five grand on fire safety. Um, It will be the bond and the first month's rent I like to take into account there. And then the last thing is the furniture. Um, I'm very big on hotel seconds. Um, I think that I can go out and I can go to fantastic furniture and I can make a house look beautiful. um, But six months later, it's all going to be very aged. Um, Whereas if I'm getting high-end seconds, the moment a tenant moves in and sleeps on a bed and then moves out later, that furniture is all secondhand. Um, you know, the moment someone sits on a couch, that's all secondhand. So, um, hotel second, stuff you find on Gumtree and Facebook Marketplace, I'm comfortable with that um, with a few caveats. So, um, I learned very early on when we've had beds that we were told were in perfect condition delivered, they've had bed bugs on them, they've had stains on them, all that sort of stuff and I'm not into supplying furniture like that. So, uh, really happy to view things or get a trusted supplier is really important important there. Um, Do sometimes deal with new mattresses as well. Having deadlines to meet, Cell adds that with every one of these investments comes the need to fill up rooms at a rather fast pace. At the start, it is time intensive when you are filling a room. So, the finding the deal is not the hard bit. That's easy. You can flick off a few emails here and there, a few phone calls. But once you pick up the keys, the clock starts ticking because you're paying rent in most cases. Now, I've negotiated some where um, I'm got two weeks free rent or I've got nine weeks before with a um, you know the rent going up every week that little bit more. To counteract these deadlines, Cell shares the out-of-box strategies she implements in order to make the most out of her time and expenses. I've got a bit more time to set things up or I've even painted a house for an owner and got free rent during that period of time but also been able to show people through. Um, But uh, yeah, in the setup point, it's literally getting the furniture and stuff all in the house and no matter what checklist I've followed, no matter all the things I've thought of, 
whenever I've set up a house, there's always been like things I've had to run around and get. This house is a bit different. It doesn't have a wardrobe in this room. It doesn't, uh, you bought the iron, but you forgot the ironing board or whatever it may be. So there's a fair bit of rushing to get all the stuff into the house. Um, But then it's the rushing around to get the tenants into the house to at least get them signed up. A lot of them won't move for up to two weeks from when they sign. Um, But basically, um, the important thing there is they're not allowed to sign an Individual Residential Tenancy Act agreement either. That is not allowed. So, um, yeah, that's one of the things you you don't do, but there is an agreement that they sign. Um, basically, it's getting viewings done, um, having people show up. So, I found that two out of three people that say they're coming to inspect a property, depending where you market, some places have better results but less applications. Um, two out of three that say they'll come inspect it don't end up showing up. Yeah, yeah. So, getting a bulk lot of people all coming at the same time and doing it as many days as you can until it's full. Once it's full, it's easy. The management, you know, there's bits and pieces you have to do for management to make sure it all runs smoothly. And I now work with a manager that does all that stuff for me. Um, But I will still help at that start bit because no one is ever more interested in filling a house than the person who the deal belongs to. And uh, I do that with Gundy too. I do that with anything I touch. It's, you know, what the agent can do their thing, but I'll still put my own ads out there in other places and refer the tenants onto the agent or the, the applications onto the agent. Um, but look, once it's running, it's not a large amount of time, but we're in a process where we're setting quite a few up. So there's always one we're looking at setting up at any moment in time. And, you know, there's always something to be doing. But again, working with agents to to take a lot of that um, workload off as well. Coming up after the break, we'll delve more into Karina Sell's property investing strategy and how she gets the most out of every property she rents. I always go to an agent and the thought practice behind that, and look, I've got one that's not that way, um, but the thought practice behind approaching agents rather than owners is if you approach an agent, they've got access to their entire book. The personal habits she has in place that has contributed to her success? My biggest one is visualization. So, I one thing that I... I'd say I'm pretty good at is I visualize my goals and I do it a lot to the point that I'll nearly cry over it, like I'll start to tear up. And that's next. I'm Tyrone Shump and you're listening to Property Investory. Having rented from both an agent and landlord, Cell explains why she often decides to find and rent properties through an agent. I always go to an agent and the thought practice behind that, and look, I've got one that's not that way, um, but the thought practice behind approaching agents rather than owners is if you approach an agent, they've got access to their entire book. If you approach an investor, they you get a good one, they might have 10 properties. Of those, two might be valid for doing this in and they've probably got tenants in them right now. Yeah. Um, so, I like to go to an agent and the agent will, um, you know, if you can get the agent on your side, if they understand what you do, they actually start referring you properties. So, usually it takes about six months for that. They, you know, they wait and watch and see whether you're a problem tenant and what happens and how it works. And as long as there's been no issues, six months later, they're finding other large houses and saying, well, would this one interest you? Does this one suit you? And um, slowly over time, their recommendations get uh, closer to what you're after as well. And uh, it's definitely a great source for, for new deals. 
And then you mentioned as well, you have a manager that manages the tenants. Is that right? That you've put in there? Yes, we do now. They're a specialist agent that works exclusively on room by room rentals. After having a successful rental term, Sell shares that if the owner decides to discontinue the setup in place, that she'd often be ready to pack up and find a new rental somewhere else. Well, there's two points here. So the first one is um, I don't look at houses that aren't going to, at a bare minimum, make back all my spending in the first year. And of that spending, some of that's the bond, that's recoverable. Some of that's the fire safety, most of that's recoverable. So my leases are three years long. By the end of three years, I've made plenty of money. Uh, you know, I've made my money back threefold on that deal. Therefore, if someone else wants a turn to make money, then good for them. Um, you know, I'm not attached to that. I can pack my stuff up and put it into another house. There are plenty of deals out there. But the second thought is, and one thing we do when we're putting our applications in is we let them know that it is a complicated process, that there is fire safety issues that need to be met, um, that it does cost a lot to set up. It's not, you know, it's not that simple. I, I'll tell them that I'm putting 20 grand into the setup to make it happen. Some places you can get that down to 15. I'm talking, you know, big city rents, um, but they know that there is a big investment that goes into it but they don't understand what exactly is involved in that. They know that the leases have to be done a certain way, otherwise you were breaking the law, but they don't understand what that way is. Um, you know, they understand that um, you know, insurance can so easily be invalid because we're explaining what we do, but we're not giving them our IP. So most people won't want to jump in and take that off you, but if they do, I've made my money. I've gone into every deal accepting that at the three-year mark, you know, if it ends, then I'm completely happy and I've got a good return from it. So, if it happens, it happens and no hard feelings on that either. With such a creative and rare strategy, Sel delves into where she learned about this type of property strategy and how she ended up implementing it herself. I actually now work for and with a company called Small is a New Big, uh, which is run by Ian Igate. Um, I started by being a student first, so I actually uh, paid to do his program and um, that provided all the education on this, rooming houses, boarding houses, um, basically high income strategies. And um, then after a little while and I got myself to quite a comfortable position, um, Ian offered me a place on the team. So I worked there in quite a part-time capacity. Uh, because I still do all of my investing as well. Um, but that's, yeah, that's exactly where I learn it from and it's been very effective. She also shares how much she usually expects on return. On a standard property, um, a 7 to 8% right up to 14% return on your investment. So something within that category, um, when you apply multiple strategies to a property as well, so say if you're building a boarding house and doing a subdivision and a couple of you know, strategies all together, you may even be able to get that up higher as well. Um, and when you add no money down um, and you're not putting money down, the returns on your cash are pretty phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost unlimited. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it really depends on the style of deal you're doing. Um, obviously, the entrepreneur ones, we call them, this strategy that I've been doing with the sublease um, is, uh, you know, crazy, crazy returns because you're going in, you're saying, okay, well, I'll spend 20 grand. And generally speaking, I want something that I believe will return 30 grand a year. So I spend my 20 grand, get 30 grand a year back. So those kinds of returns are, are pretty insane. At the same time, she also adds that for her, many of these rental projects can be done without leaving her out of pocket. Again, work with money partners. So most of these I'm splitting 50-50 in the profit and some I've even got a three-way share on those. Um, we're basically speaking Two of us come together, do the deal, and I haven't had to put my own cash into it as well. So again, um, I guess that's what I do. I look at things that aren't going to eat up all of my cash and, um, yeah, find a way to move forward regardless of where I'm physically sitting. If I had no money in the bank account, I could do these deals. If I had $100,000 in my bank account, I could do these deals. If I had a million, I could. So, um, yeah, basically the potential to think outside the box, do joint ventures and all kinds of strategies there too. In terms of developing her own property strategy and getting to where she is now, Cell talks about the people she's listened to and the approaches and tips she's taken from other successful property mentors. Ian is my perfect mentor for where I am right now and everything that I'm doing now and everything I think I will continue down that path of. Um, Tony Robbins, I listen to heaps of. I really admire him. Um, Dipna Boholt, I my very first property course was through her at a very, you know, the, it didn't specialise in one particular area. It's very holistic. Um, I've had uh, Timothy Ferris, I think I might have just mentioned. I love seeing what he does. He's, um, he's fascinating in all kinds of different aspects, but also about leverage and using other people to, uh, to make things happen. He wrote for our work week. Um, I'm sure there's heaps of people I'm forgetting right now. I love, um, you know, following anything Richard Branson does, just his playfulness that he brings to everyday life. And I try and, you know, one of the ways I try to be every day is to make sure that I, part of who I am is quite playful. Um, I think there's a, a long journey that you can go on and, you know, we all go and strive for our goals. And if we um, aren't enjoying the journey along the way, then what's the point there? So, um, look, it's endless though. I, I read a lot of books. I attend a lot of seminars. I, you know, I really love personal growth and development. And I also love the spiritual side. So really connecting with my heart and really connecting with, um, you know, love and other people. And, and that is a big part for me too. On another note, she also gives insight into the best advice she's ever received and how she's incorporated this into her lifestyle. How you do anything is how you do everything is probably a quote. Um, I've heard it said a few different ways. Um, but basically, how you do any aspect of your life is how you carry it across to the rest of your life. So if you are playing a game and you cheat, that'll be showing up in, in your real life as well, everywhere else. Um, and really just trying to be the person that I want to be, not just in the property stuff that excites me, but in everyday stuff, um, the stuff I don't enjoy, the stuff that I you know, have to do through routines. And I really think that saying keeps you in check because when all areas of your life are working, that's when you're really in flow. 
With this routine also comes a personal habit that Sel believes plays a big role in helping her achieve her goals. My biggest one is visualization. So I, one thing that I, I'd say I'm pretty good at is I visualize my goals and I do it a lot to the point that I'll nearly cry over it, like I'll start to tear up. Um, I don't really follow, you know, there's so many different processes and I will, um, I will start taking on processes that other people have taught and I, I play around with them a lot. But at a very bare level, often when I go to bed, I think about, you know, um, where I'm going to be when this goal comes off, um, particularly if things are hard. When, um, you know, when I thought I was going to lose that first property, it was just visualising what's it going to look like when it's sold? What's it going to look like when my bank account's got money in it again? And, um, yeah, I think that that's probably the ultimate thing to keep you on track. I feel like it almost manifests it into reality when you do that. While she adds that she definitely developed this habit over the course of her educational journey into property, it has been a habit that's been ingrained into her ever since she was a young child. I'm not sure where I first learned about it. Um, maybe, I know it's mentioned in Think and Grow Rich and a couple of other uh, books that I started. But I, I do recall, you know, uh, doing it when I was a kid as well. And I guess we all, yeah, we all have dreams, we all daydream a little bit, but it's just off. For some reason, I've just always, I'm quite kinesthetic. I've always connected it with a lot of feeling and emotion. And now in my, um, you know, my later time studying, uh, you know, peak performance and, um, you know, what the absolute top in their field do, I'm seeing that that's something that they all do too. So I kind of was doing it before I learned about it um, or maybe in the early days of learning about it, but it's something that I see more and more how important it is. And now I can sometimes I'll put it into a meditation or sometimes I'll follow a strategy that, you know, someone else has taught and add that to it. But just the raw guts of it was something that I, I've done since I was little. Thinking back to the past, Sel also states the important piece of advice she would have given herself a decade ago. Okay, so I'm 32, I would have been 22. Probably just don't hold back, buy Bitcoin <laughs> <laughs> and sell in December. Um, no, but uh, if I could go back and, uh, and meet the me back then. Probably just to have the courage and go harder than harder than I imagined. Like I just look at um, the first deal I did and the $300,000 uplift and you know everything there and I go, well, there's no reason I couldn't have pulled together the knowledge I have now and done 10 of those or 100 of those. And look, I didn't have a crystal ball. I didn't know the market was going to move that soon and that quickly, but I did know it was going to move at some point. Um, so basically just to... Uh, to be bold, to be unstoppable and to really live a large life. I think it's you know, really important to use up all your potential. We're not here, you know, on the planet for long and, you know, just to play even bigger. Yet at the same time, I'm completely happy with where I am now and I love the life that I've lived to this point. So there's nothing wrong. There's nothing that needs to change, but it would just be have the courage. You, you've got this. Everything you need is there. Um, and the other thing is to just to feel the fear and jump anyway. Like we all get held up by only knowing 70% of, you know, what to do. And the thing is that, you know, you're never going to know 100%. It will, you know, you'll never get to the point where you understand it completely fully and you're ready to jump. 
if you've got to 70%, use your resources, use your mentors, use what you can, get the best amount of knowledge, but jump because that's where the learning happens. It's only when you're doing that you will really take it on and learn. And what she's most excited for in the next five years of her property journey? It's probably the relationships that form through this. Um, You know, I belong to several different uh, investment communities and we all grow together. It's the, um, you know, it's the deep friendships. It's the stuff that really matters. I mean, I'm ridiculously excited by the amount of wealth that I plan to build. I'm really excited about where the market's sitting right now because I think that, you know, your low money down, no money down, you know, JVs, vendors terms, all that stuff is going to be, you know, pretty, um, you know, easier to do. Um, so that, you know, that really excites me. But over the next five years, it's the joint ventures that I'll end up working with. It's the people I'll meet on the journey. It's the um, experiences I'll have with my friends that probably excites me more than anything else. With so much success, Cell shares her thoughts on whether luck or intelligence, skill and hard work has attributed to her success. You can't deny that there is an element of luck in I got a property in, um, you know, in Victoria and I swear, you know, the next month the values had all gone through the roof. It was like it was the next day. So there was luck in the timing. But would it have mattered if I did it six or 12 months earlier? Not really. Um, you know, would it have mattered if I got in a little bit later? Not really. I still would have got a lot of that growth. There will always be elements of luck, but I think lucky people are also out there creating circumstances for them to receive that luck. So I think that um, skill, yes, there was some there. Most of that came from following mentors and being around other property investors, seeing what worked, seeing what didn't and all of that. Um, everything else there, I really think that's where the game is. It's you know, more than anything, it's taking action but with some knowledge behind you. With such an inspiring story behind her and so much to share, Cell shares how you can get in contact with her. You can add me on Facebook, um, Karina Cell, C-O-R-I-N-A, S-E-L-L, and uh, shoot me a message. Let me know where you've seen me so that I do accept your friend request. Um, I'm very active on Facebook and I use that a lot. I also have uh, my email, karina.cell at gmail.com, that you're welcome to contact me on. Um, However, Facebook is the one that I will see the fastest. So if you're on Facebook, message me there, request me, but don't just request me, send me a message so I know where you're from and I'm more than happy to connect. Thank you to Karina Sell, our guest on this episode of Property Investory. If you want to hear more about her journey, then visit our website at propertyinveststory.com.